Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the Happy Meter podcast, the chance for two best friends to come together and discuss the Happy Meter philosophy, finding a balance between financial wellness and, and health and our life's passions, drives, and joys. Uh, Justin, how are you? Hey, Kevin. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing good. I'm excited about this episode. It's a little uh, sort of different, a little more just personal and broad than uh, some of the heavy finance stuff we've been doing lately. But yeah, I'm doing really good. Yeah, I, uh, I, the last, I think, four episodes we've done have been really heavy lifts uh, between the 4% rule and retiring early and all the numbers and pensions and everything else. So I'm really excited that this one kind of goes back to kind of revisits the happy meter again and dives really into just a casual conversation about our goals and how we go about the you know, life and, and um, you know, accomplishing some of our goals. Yeah, I hope our audience is uh, sticking with us through all these swings of, of uh, heavy finance and then back into sort of just philosophical stuff. It was good to have Mike on last time too. Boy, is he just an all-star or what? Um, and he speaks so well. He's so confident. He's got a strong vision of where he's going over his next nine or 10 years. And uh, my favorite part is just watching him get really addicted to this stuff and take off because he was not there one and not that long ago. He was struggling down the normal kind of wheel of working, paying off bills, working, paying off bills. And there was a point in time where he said enough's enough and he made a change. And it's pretty cool to watch how excited he is. Like that's what I got from the episode is I just um, watched it yesterday when I was running, I was listening to it and the excitement that came out um, while he was talking about where he was going. It's not like making these choices limited life. I actually think it just, it brought a whole nother dimension to it. And so pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And also just a credit to you that, uh, it's a sign, I think, of a, a worthy, valuable person that you create friendships and you nurture them and they go on and that they don't just stop when a stage of life concludes. Uh, like Mike's one of your best friends from college, but you also have best friends from high school and from before that. And the idea that you can call upon him and that even he and I are able to chat and get along, it's a credit to you that you know how to pick good friends. So oh, thanks, thanks for having him on the show. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's he's been great. And this is kind of re we've always been close, but this has reconnected us for sure uh, over a really common topic. And we really have very similar happy meters when you write them out. And it's cool to find a friend that's uh, now for over a decade now that there's so many things aligned there. Yeah. So I see you're back up there in uh, New York State. Uh, talk to us about how quarantine's been treating you and what you're up to. Well, so Two weeks ago, I came down to Baltimore. It was great to see you. And one of my big things was, of course, to spend some time with you, Kev, but also is because I had a, uh, I had some students that needed some more technology. They were having some computer issues. And so I put another donor shoes project up and I had another few people that donated uh, money towards um, getting technology for students. So I had to go into school, put masking gloves on and go grab a computers. And uh, that came in from Amazon on donor, donor shoes. And I was able to um, give those to two families. And it was really nice to come down to Baltimore to, to do that. Um, and just shout out to, I have a um, coach who has helped me with all my, my um, books for accounting for my firm, since I'm you know, new to all of that. And she listened to my story and she came back, I think like two months ago and offered to, to fund that for students. And so she was able to make that happen for our kids um, because of her generous donations. So shout out to Miss Rhonda out there who's been not only incredible for uh, helping me and, and uh, my accounting stuff for my business, but also just did a really nice thing for our kids. Let's go Miss Rhonda, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, donors Choose reminds me of uh, microfinancing kind of, the idea that people who might have a little bit more means and wanna make a direct impact on the lives of children and children who are experiencing uh, difficult financial struggles and that sort of thing to be able to just 
go in and, and plop right down. Um, something as profound a change as you now have a computer. Uh, I think we all appreciate internet and computer technologies more now than ever before. Imagine being a student trying to learn right now without any of those devices. Uh, Miss Rhonda, that's amazing. And all of our listeners, if you're looking for a contribution apparatus, consider Donors Choose. There are a lot of really great projects out there. Yeah. Um, and then also what was really cool was on my ride down to Baltimore, it was, it's been not great weather up here in New York uh, for two or three weeks. It's been cold and rainy and the leaves were just not coming out or anything yet. And on my drive from New York all the way through Pennsylvania and into Maryland, it was really cool to see spring happen fast forward as I was driving down. And by the time I got to Baltimore, the birds were singing, everything was green. The parks are uh, all, you know, the grass is growing like crazy in the parks. People are out running around. Um, and so that was a really cool feeling to get back to my home city. And, and it just feels great to be there. I just, I love Baltimore. Dude, it's been great. Right now, it's the high is going to be 75 or something like that. I'm looking out my window right now to the, uh, the back patio and the deck. Um, I've never been so grateful to have so many outdoor spaces, uh, especially because it's probably not a great idea to go just hang out in the park. It's probably not a great idea to go toss a football around. I know there are some restrictions that are opening up, but to know that even just in our discreet house, we have back patio, we have a landing, we have the rooftop deck. Uh, even for someone who burns as easily as me, it's nice to get in the sun sometimes. Well, I was out on the rooftop deck uh, reading the other day and I looked down and you had a friend that you guys were doing some social distancing catch up on the deck and yeah, yeah. you were in the shade huddled in the corner making <laughs> sure the Irish skin wasn't being burnt and then he was shirt off just laying around there in the sun. I'm like, yeah. I don't Kevin. know how he didn't burn. He's, he's as pale as I am, but uh, who knows? Some people have it. Yeah. Um, and then also a really nice thing was I... Um, connect reconnected with a high school um friend who is who opened up a new um shirt printing business and you can see i have a new um new shirts from for garrett financial solutions i love it i love it and he um just opened last year and bought this business to take over he's a really great guy and he took a pretty big risk on doing this up in new york and obviously who knew that COVID was going to happen and so he just invested in this in this you know pretty big business and it mostly works towards helping schools get uniforms and jerseys. And now that, of course, is not happening. And so, um, you know, he's staying so positive. I met with him the other day. And so I also, I, I, I used some of my stimulus money and wanted to um, order some stuff for my, for my firm. And so uh, it was great to catch up with him. And he did such a good job. So shout out to Joker Inc., who is in um, New York and does, just does a great job. And he's um, pretty cool to watch someone super young who um, is now building a business. It's pretty cool. So um, now I have some t-shirts. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm hoping to get one. Yes, I got one with your name on it, Kev. Uh, I'll say it's, it's really cool that you're able to uh, support such specific businesses that have sort of a niche to them uh, and that you were able to use some of your stimulus money. I feel like I've been probably through most of my stimulus money just to the local uh, bars and restaurants, you know, out of generosity of spirit. I'm trying to help <laughs> keep them afloat. Um, I, I've broadened my my uh, horizons a little bit. You know, normally I go to my favorite. Yeah, Hudson Street Stackhouse. Yeah, shout out Stackhouse. <laughs> but uh, I made sure to support Poppies the other day, which is uh, an amazing taco joint in Fells Point. Uh, I'm trying to support Home Slice a little bit, which is a local pizza shop. Um, did you notice, I, I know that we did this a little bit, but I love that there, every bar through governor's executive order is able to sell uh, adult beverage to go now. Um, whereas before you needed a special license to be able to sell directly out of your restaurant space as a retail space would. Uh, but now everyone is just grandfathered into that for the duration of these restrictions. Um, 
And uh, I think everyone's just got a more casual, relaxed, like it's, this is a hard enough time. So if you want to go and enjoy a beverage and walk around Canton a little bit or walk around the park, everyone seems to be fine letting you do that. Um, it, it was a really cool look, feel. I mean, every every bar kind of had their station set up outside and very set procedures on how this is going to work. Everybody's in masks and gloves. And it was really nice, neat, neat, though, to watch people kind of spread out all over the city, just moving nice and slowly and casually, um, um, spaced out with friends, having a few drinks, walking around the streets. It was cool. Yeah, and that's been that's been really nice. I haven't seen a, you know, there's, I'm in the middle of New York here and I just see lots of grass and roads everywhere and there's no, it's not a city. And so it was cool to just be there with just people alive. Um, still, it was yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, for me recently, uh, you already mentioned sort of like back patio hangouts, uh, whether it's my buddies from work or my friends from TFA days and all that sort of thing, but to be able to go and maybe fill a growler or grab drinks or make them here, or what have you. But to be able to just sit out on the patio, we've got two chairs, we can space out really effectively, um, and just be in each other's presence without being too close has been, um, for me, a very social person. That's been kind of a godsend when we're otherwise pretty isolated. Um, I've been going up on the deck uh, whenever the sun's going down and it's not too windy, um, go up on the deck and just read. Uh, I think I've mentioned to you, and I know we'll talk about it later on this episode, but I realized at some point I wasn't reading for myself anymore. Like I'm an English teacher. I would read the same books every year over and over again, all the stuff on my, my syllabi. And, um, but I was an English major, you know, I'm a kid that loved reading my whole life and I just wasn't reading for myself. So my New Year's resolution was to read and we'll discuss that in a bit. But as of right now, I'm looking at my tracker. Um, I've read four books this month alone and all of them just up on the deck, just enjoying the fresh air and the sunshine and, and a, a good piece of literature. So our topic today really is going to be diving into kind of a culmination of what you just said. Like you mentioned goals, New Year's resolutions, and then you also talked about a tracker you pointed to in your room right there. And so, Kev, what are we going to talk about today in general? Yeah, so today uh, I think we wanted to to refocus on happy meter, but then I'll talk specific strategies to, to help you get there. Uh, and that's goals. How do you set them? How do you stay focused and incentivized uh, to your personal goals? And I don't think we're going to talk very much about finance today. Uh, I know that I'm not going to, uh, but I know that you probably will because it's such an integral part of your life and your happy meter. But uh, for our listeners out there, we want you thinking about what's an area of your life that you want to improve. And that might be physical, it might be spiritual, it might be intellectual, it might be financial. But what's one thing that maybe gives you some dissatisfaction that you want to fix or improve or grow in? Because we want to give you some strategies to help achieve that. Um, Justin, I know you created kind of an outline of what you conceive of and what, what sort of steps you follow when you're thinking about a goal. Do you want to give us an overview of some of the structures you employ? Sure. So I use goals, uh, often I revisit my goals often. It's, um, really helps me push forward professionally and also as a person, um, and to be a better person. So this is just something that I use. I use four steps that I revisit often throughout the year. So the first thing is, Every year during the summertime, um, it, since we're teachers, we have a little bit of reflection time typically over summertime. I always revisit the thought of what do I want my life to look like later on? What legacy I want to live and what's my North Star? Like what's the vision I have for myself? And so I think to myself, what drives me, the, what brings the most happiness to me, right? What, what makes my happy meter tick? I think about that. And then I think about later on in life, when I look back, you know, what legacy do I want to live? 
And I think to myself, is there what steps or things that I'm not doing at this moment right now that will help me you know, achieve the, those goals? And so for me, when I do that, and I just did this last year over the summer, I went back and looked, um, I keep a tracker of this. And the main things that drive me the most happiness, as well as I think leaving a legacy someday is one, is to spend as much time with my girlfriend, my family and friends as possible and not miss big moments, right? That's a huge driving force to me. And for me, if I can create goals and a lifestyle that is going to allow me to do that at the most efficient way possible, those are the goals that I wanna do immediately this year and each year to be able to build that. So like number one is, again, how do I create this life that I want at the end of the time, right? Or how do I want to be able to spend the most time with the people I love, right? That's family, friends, and my girlfriend, and not miss those big moments. Um, and to do those things, Kev, what's important to me is I know I need to be financial independent at a really young age. And so when I look at my big umbrella, my big North Star, being financial independent and me being able to work less, all right, and be able to spend more time doing the things that drive me towards happiness and the most time with friends is my North Star. Like that's a huge part of that. And so when I think about the big star there, it's that. Um, the second thing is travel. Like that's a huge North Star for me. I wanna constantly live and learn um, and, and do that through traveling with friends and family. Um, and then the third one is I forever, um, again, this big North Star out there is for me is how do I constantly feel better mentally and physically? And that's usually stuff around health. And those are my big three umbrella items that I, um, that I work with typically the last few years. And that's, that's the top part. Do you have any of those for you, Kev? Like as far as the big ticket items up there that you know will bring you the most optimized life and long-term happiness? Um, I, I think I've got a few, uh, but I wanted to start by shouting out uh, for our listeners. You've been able to break down what your goals are into these smaller subsets, which helps you with your larger goal of financial independence have multiple meanings. So if you ever, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but for many of us, there comes a moment of maybe discontent or frustration in trying to pursue a big goal that seems difficult to achieve like financial independence. But then because you've broken it down and done the, the thinking about what does that really mean? Well, what that really means is you get to travel and see the world. What it really means is you get to spend time with your family, right? And so this more, this more sort of broad objective goal of financial independence that seems like it's all about money. It seems like it's all about um, the individual. For you, it's actually much more complicated. It's about, uh, like I said, family, freedom, independence. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing that'll, that can, I'm sure, help keep you motivated whenever you get bogged down. Yeah, like yeah, actually yesterday I had a distance learning dinner, distance learning, <laughs> a distance uh, dinner with my grandfather last night. And I took him on a vacation last year when I was on, I had a sabbatical and I was able to, to take him away. And I was thinking to myself, I want to do that again. But unfortunately, I have to work the majority of times when, and I'm not able to make that time as much as I would want to. And I was also reflecting back on, I took my mom on a trip and I was like, I'm not able to do that now that I'm working full time. And, and, and so like when I think about, I want to be able to do those things and to live my most optimized life. I really want to be able to keep doing those amazing things with people and for people. And for me, if I can cut my amount of work um, time down for me to be able to do those more often, it's, uh, it's exciting to me. And so, yeah, that's definitely the North star for me. Yeah. An expression you just used that does speak to me is a most optimized life. I think, you know, in social media, a lot of people use the idiom of like, Oh, living my best life. And it sounds cliche, but I do think there's an element of striving that, yep. um, 
you know, I think it's Aristotle said that the unexamined life is not worth living, that we should all be constantly thinking about how can we be better than we were? Um, how can we be happier? How can we have less anxiety? How can we be smarter? How can we be, et cetera, et cetera. So when I think about living my most optimized life, I think um, I enjoy being a yes person. I think I've always been a yes person, but I'd like to be able to do that without ever adding to my uh, anxieties. And you and I have spoken so much about that's why you need a safety net of finance. So in terms of financial independence, so that if you're traveling, if you're um, saying yes to any number of opportunities, that you know you're going to be okay, especially when then your car breaks down or whatever else. So I think planning to live life as opposed to letting life happen to you. Mm. Um, I think in general, also, like I said, constantly evaluating areas of improvement in yourself. I think a lot of times when we focus on one area, another area that had been a weakness that you built up starts to diminish a little bit or atrophy. So there's going to be that constant tension of trying to strike a balance um, until you hopefully achieve uh, an area that you're really happy with. So a lot of what I plan to talk about have to do with those things. It's not as much of a broad, although they certainly will speak to some of those issues. And it's more concrete. How do I take steps to uh, improve in very specific areas? Sure. So again, when I think about North Star, that's the end goal, like where I'm always trying to shoot for. Who knows if I'll ever hit those? Like if I keep climbing, I don't know if I'm going to ever touch that, but I'm certainly going to keep living my life to hit those. Then we've got what are the steps that it's going to take to get up there? So think about the ladder that's just going up to the sky, right? Every single step, okay, is every single step is going to get us closer to that goal. And so when I think about each year is a step. And in the middle of each one of those years, I'm trying to be able to take one step closer to hit those. And so this, the beginning of this year, again, every year in August, I revisit about, okay, the North Star, and then what steps this year do I need to do to get closer to that? And so for me, financial independence, right? That's a goal of mine, so I can maximize the time with family and friends. In August, I make sure I set clear goals, finance goals for me to hit there. And so for me, that's maxing out, you know, a Roth IRA. That's maxing out my 403B. That's maxing out my 457. That's those types of steps for me. And when I take that year out, I set up those automatic contributions. So this goal becomes out of sight, out of mind, right? Like I want to get there. This is the amount of money I have this year. I'm going to break that down and be able to know, okay, every single month, I'm going to be able to put this much towards financial independence and I'm going to set it automatically. So this goal kind of just happens. And um, I revisit it often, but for me to be able to sit there and make that plan out ahead of time and that being out of sight, out of mind for that time is a pretty cool thing. The second thing is every August, I sit there with my calendar. My girlfriend and I sit together and we do a full year um, kind of makeup of where we want to see travel and vacation to. And that's a really powerful thing when we can look a year in advance and say, okay, where, what bring, you know, where haven't you been that you really want to go visit to? Okay, let's say it's, um, you know, um, last year was for me, I wanted to do a Texas road trip and, um, and visit Big Ben. So we looked at the calendar. Okay, it's going to take six or seven days. Where in the calendar can I fit that to accomplish that goal? Um, you know, one of hers is to go visit um, her family once a month. And so, again, we open up the calendar and we say, what adjustments we needed to make throughout the year? Let's put it down on paper. Like, let's make this plan happen. And so we do that with travel. And, you know, you know me, we travel every four to six weeks. We are traveling somewhere new to explore. And that really helps, you know, increase the happy meter and towards our life goal, which is just to constantly see and explore different cultures. Yeah. One of the and, beautiful things about so, that, if I may, is just 
um, she's your person. And so what you're also doing is saying, I privilege time with my person. Uh, and on top of that, it is travel, but it's also guaranteeing when you guys spend a lot of the year as um, a long distance relationship, it's guaranteeing that you guys are going to get to be together, making new memories, supporting each other in new challenges and in new spaces. Um, and so all of that sounds like these small goals. I want to travel. I want to you know, see my, my girlfriend. But it's also saying in a much more profound way, this is the life I want to live. This is the person I want to live it with. And I want to set roots and behavior now that'll support you for the rest of your life um, so I want to shout out that there's a lot of layers to, to all that that are really remarkable absolutely and then the final one which is for the fitness part um, which I know a lot of people talk about and it's something that kind of you know goes up and down a lot for people but for me it's us in my calendar I block off every week three or four days where I'm going to be running because it's very important to me it's in it's it's something I just get up and do and for me I block that in and the second thing is I found last year how much yoga really benefited me since I just have a high energy level at all times and my mind just doesn't shut off. But with yoga, I actually really have fell in love with the idea that for an hour my mind can slow down and I sleep really well afterwards. And so I really, um, so I now again include that on my calendar once a week. It's every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. I'm going to go and, and do yoga. And that is a time that nothing else impacts that. And for me to kind of backwards plan the year as far as travel, exercise, and those kind of commitments allows it to kind of really be in there and plan ahead for it. And every week I see that on my calendar. This is a part of my goal and my vision. Like I need to make this happen. Yeah. Um, that's a good one to leave off on because that speaks to one of mine. Um, something that I've often said to you, Justin, is there's so much of the way that we live our lives that just come naturally, right? And uh, our natural states can be very different. And between you and me, they are very, very different, right? You just said you wake up and you look forward to exercise. <laughs> I cannot even conceive of that. I'm aware that I'm a happier person when I'm exercising, that I have less anxiety, um, that I like being trimmer, being fitter, being more capable, all those things. So I, intellectually, I'm aware that my life is improved when I'm exercising regularly, but that doesn't come naturally. Now, conversely, me watching a two and a half hour Scorsese film and analyzing it in depth and comparing it to Tarantino and uh, all these other like types of films, that's something that comes really naturally to me. I get I, an active pleasure and enjoyment out of that. I'm going to do it no matter what. Um, and I think that's a little bit harder for you and for some of the same things you were just saying. So our sort of base interior lives are just very different. And that's why though we both have physical goals, um, I need, I think, a lot more support structures to achieve them, and I need a lot more intentionality than in that one arena you do. Does that sure. sound about right? Absolutely. The things I really am trying to push towards, which is for me, like a push one for me is to read a book every six weeks. Um, I have a tracker for, and it, it keeps me a lot more accountable because it's not really a part of who I am yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I'm really trying. It's gonna, I know it's going to make me a better person. However, it is a huge stretch and push for me. And so that is something I have to make sure I have constant reminders for and a tracker system set up for. And that was truthfully the way yoga was for me two years ago, where I hated going into a hot seven o'clock at night. I was already relaxed. I already ate dinner. I'm going to sit here and leave the house even during the wintertime and go to this hot 100, room, 100 degree room with a bunch of sweaty people, right? Like that was something that I knew would benefit me. But man, that first year or two, was didn't just come natural. And again, I needed reminders like the phone that keep going off. I needed to have that checklist in my room where I would check it off. And so I had to work a little bit harder at that type of goal, which is that, you know, I think what you're saying. Yeah. To um, highlight some of those issues, 
for me on things like weight loss and fitness, um, I definitely need to have some clear goals and objectives. I need them to be kind of chunkable where there's a short term, then there's a midterm, and then there's maybe a long term. Um, I use, I think, at least three different apps to keep myself honest. Um, Because at the end of the day, when you're talking about fitness and when you're talking about weight loss, it's uh, striking a balance between input and, and what you're exporting. So that's what are you actually putting in your body? whether nutrition, calorie, uh, empty calories, and then um, how much exercise are you actually going to be exerting to, to burn all that? So I've got Map My Run, uh, which is an Under Armour fitness app that tracks calories, distance, everything else. Um, I've also got my Fitness Pal to track all calories and stuff like that. But I also just have a weight tracker where it's, that is all it is. And it just puts it on a graph and I'm able to see um, you know, my incremental losses, which is how I know I'm on it. But then if there's a period of time when there's no check-ins, I just know it's because I fell off a little bit and then suddenly scoop, there's going to be another hopefully small peak. And then we start working that down. But uh, to have a tracker and to keep yourself honest, I really need, as you know, cause you've been this, uh, on this endeavor, I need an accountability partner, mm-hmm. right? I need there to be people in my life that I care about, that care about me, that I can share my information with. That's why when I go for a run, I love to text you. Mm-hmm. And it's not even really that I want you to know, but it's that I know that I feed off of, um, positive reinforcement. So for you to be able to reach out and say, great job, way to go. But if you don't hear from me for a week or two, you might say, Kev, you going on any runs lately? How you doing? How's your time? How's your distance? Um, and you also uh, have done competitions among a lot of friends in some of these categories that you're trying to improve on too, to add some motivation layer too, which has been pretty cool. And I think very effective for you as well. Absolutely. And then one last one that, um, I think I'll mention because this speaks to the behavioral patterns that people want to change that don't come naturally. Um, I do think there's an area of self-reflection, which I think you would call your North star, right? That first step where you really need to drill down and think, why aren't, why isn't this coming natural? Like, why don't you like it? What's getting in your way? Um, And I think Americans especially struggle with issues like weight loss and feeling good about themselves. And so much of it is how much, where are you finding your joy? Is it in food? Why? What kinds? Is it in um, alcohol or other snacking or other kinds of empty calorie? Why? What is that? Uh, and being able to ultimately say, like, take charge of life to, to start realizing I'm going to eat with intention or I'm going to drink with intention um, and not just let that happen without thinking. I think thoughtlessness is what leads us into a lot of our vices, whatever they are, whether it's bad spending habits, bad eating habits, um, slothfulness. It's all about not thinking. So challenging yourself to, to drill down, um, and make some behavioral changes because a lot of these things that we're talking about, these goals, they got to be lifelong and it's not something you're just going to do and check a box and be done. It's not a video game, uh, but this is a life that we're living. So Kev, uh, just to follow up a little bit on, I'm going to connect this to finances a little bit. Um, you know, when we thought think about goals for you with, with finances, right? There has been a really clear difference in the past, um, six months to eight months of you, having really clear understanding of where you want to go financially. And so talk a little bit about like that journey and how that happened and like, you know, where you're going here. Yeah. Uh, the more I look into myself, the more I realize I'm probably not as complicated as I think I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, health and financially and physically, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I think that I've found a way to link a lot of my personal goals together. So if I'm striving to be financially well, then maybe I should eat out less. If I'm eating out less, uh, I'm eating in my house more and cooking more, which is always going to be healthier too. So all these things go hand in hand. 
One other thing though that's helped me keep my eyes on the prize financially is exactly the same as what I was saying with weight loss. I now have all my apps for credit card, for my checking, for everything. In your investment accounts? Uh, my investment look account. at, yeah. And I check it regularly. And it's not obsessive. I don't thrill in pinching a penny or something like that. Um, but it's keeping me honest. What do I have? Where am I? And uh, it's exactly the same as with weight loss. If I'm tracking it regularly, if I'm confronting, in my case, the number, which works for some people, doesn't work for others. But if I have a thing, I want to move and it's not moving, then it forces reflection, right? What am I doing? What am I spending on? What am I eating? What am I, et cetera. Uh, and so I think it's a form of mindfulness, confronting the thing you hope to improve as much as possible. Yep. And I'll think the same thing as having each other's accountability partners, um, you know, for you, when we get to check in with your net worth every month or two, and yep. you can see that number continue to go up and we can revisit those goals not only do you have a coach, but you have an accountability partner to keep you focused towards those, towards those goals that you wanted, right? Yeah. Um, two, I think this podcast did that as well because now you have hundreds of people that come up to you for financial <laughs> chat. And uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> that and, yeah, and it's uh, those, when you have to actually talk to those people about it, you want to feel good about the success you're having with money too. And I think that's a part of that whole, the whole picture too. And then three, I think it's setting automatic things up, mm. right? Like, there are a lot of things where you now have money going in three or four different directions that happen every single week mm -hmm. automatically now into different buckets and out of sight, out of mind, these goals will start to happen in a lot of ways as well, which is a cool thing where you're not, we're revisiting them every few months, but it's still setting an automatic thing that's going to happen over and over again to watch that build. So another cool strategy. Yeah. And then, you know, Kev, another thing for you I noticed was you're on, on the wall. Uh, you have your trackers on your wall and you love going around and crossing those out. Yeah. And I think that's another like very big visual thing for you. Um, and that kind of motivates you while you're, you know, working on the intrinsic motivation side of things. Well, and credit to you, though. I learned it from you. Um, you know, for our listeners, we learned in Teach for America in our initial training the importance of backwards planning our units and setting smart goals and objectives for student outcomes but I've never seen anyone take it to heart quite like Justin, that um, these large, big esoteric goals he was mentioning earlier, he has been able to drill down and quantify them. And in his area in our house, he has very specific uh, visual posts and reminders and all sorts of different things. So I'm really just kind of biting his style when I, when I do that. But Justin, you're absolutely right. I, for me to be able to wake up and just see a thing I value or a change to which I aspire, it helps keep me focused. Yeah. I'd like to end today, Kev, just a, a, a bunch of just um, action steps um, or suggestions for folks that they can, a little bit of a toolbox for goals Absolutely. Um, of things that they can beg, borrow, and steal from. And so I want to start with one thing that is really unique, I think, for teachers. And that is that we have a variety of breaks throughout the year. And this concept has really allowed me to be able to compound my goal setting. And the reason why is because we don't really just have a normal New Year's uh, time where you're just setting a New Year's goal and you're doing that once a year. We have a bunch of breaks throughout the year, which give us an opportunity to be able to decompress our minds a little bit, review and reset towards the next phase. And I think that's unlike a lot of other jobs where you're working Monday to Friday every single week for only, and then you're only getting maybe two weeks off a year. We have this really unique opportunity where we can revisit for a full month over the summer 
where our North Star is and what steps are not currently happening to get there, so that reflection piece, and then restarting our next set of goals for the coming year. And I do that then, I also do it again in New Year's. And that allows me to compound twice a year of restarting and resetting things I wanna do. Um, and that's a really important part of, uh, for me as far as moving forward with goals instead of just doing it once a year. Yeah, um, constant reflection and confront your growth or lack thereof, absolutely. Yep. And the next thing is I actually, with my, my accountability partner, um, my girlfriend who is Miss Goals, she's, a, a, she's an engineer. And so she has things, she's amazing with Excel. She has an amazing ability to be able to coach and help people with moving the needle for themselves and their businesses. And so we meet once a month um, and I, as a couple, and we have a, like kind of a really fun, chill meeting. And we do two things. We talk about our life goals and what, and are we working towards them this, this month? And have we gotten off of them? Do we need a pushback? But for us to have that accountability partner and that way once a month is cool. And the second thing is every month we update our net worth tracker together. And it's something where we consistently analyze, hey, this is the type of amount of money that we're gonna need someday together to be financially independent. This is what happened this month. Um, can we do anything more together to be able to you know, increase the needle and move that quicker? And that once a month for 45 minutes, she will probably tell you the same thing as me. We love that time together. And it's a way for us to just get regrounded and like where we want to go. How are we doing this month towards reaching that yearly goal? And what, you know, what other steps we have to do move forward. And um, that has been a really fun thing that we look forward to. Yeah. There's an extraordinary power in speaking your goals into existence and involving your community in them. Uh, if you'll permit another possible cliche expression, uh, no man is an island, right? Right. We, none of us can exist on our own. We need to be able to share these out. And not everyone has, you know, the Justin level connection with his girlfriend and special person. Um, but I'm sure everyone has someone. So to start involving others in your life, in your goals, in your growth can really make a huge difference. And then the last thing for me, Kevin, is just constant visual reminders really work for me. Mm -hmm. So if you open up my closet, which I think what you were referring to, if yeah. you open up my closet door, I have a list of my goals for the year and there's seven of them listed down. And, and it says what amount I need to get there. So like, for example, one of them is 80% of my students, I want to reach this level of efficiency on an exam, right? That's one goal that I have. And so I look at that every single day when I put a shirt on to go to work, you know, underneath that it is save, um, you know, 40 something thousand dollars over the year in these three buckets. I look at that every single day before I go to work. Um, and there's a bunch of them there. And what's cool is as I work throughout the year, I cross them off as I reach them. And so one of them was, this is my first year in business. And one of them was to help and assist, you know, eight clients before uh, March like 31st. And um, I was able to cross that off. And so those really visual reminders are key. And another little thing I used to do was um, something that I use every single day is my password to my computers. And so I have little codes that I use when I create the passwords to be able to give me a constant visual reminder of the person that I want to be or the goal that I'm trying to have for the year. And so in mixed in with their password is some type of slogan that helps me really move forward with some certain goal. And I don't think you knew that either, Kev. I didn't. And I would encourage you, don't be too specific on uh, <laughs> passwords. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, cool stuff. Do you have anything on top of your mind uh, of things to share? Uh, just, uh, I think the biggest takeaway is to, that we all want to live a more mindful life in so many arenas and whatever gives you any pause, any anxiety, any concern, anything you want to improve. Um, step one is being more mindful of it, more aware. 
and everything that Justin shared uh, are things that I try to employ in my own life. Okay. And uh, we hope that all of you listeners out there who might have at the start of the episode identified some space that you'd like to improve or make better or correct. Uh, we hope that you heard a, a tool or two that can help you on that journey. All right. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Happy Meter Podcast. As always, I'm Kevin Ford. I'm joined by my dear friend, Justin Garrett. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See you, Kevin. See you, Justin.